Hello, everybody, and welcome in to another episode of the Couch GM's podcast. It is Friday, October 20th, 2023. <laughs> Cody's like, I got the date right, but I didn't get the day of the week right. Cody Roadcap is with me. He is laughing already. How you doing, Cody? I'm doing great. It's good to be back. I missed you guys last week as I was traveling, watching the Packers lose uh, in a different state. But good to be back talking football, talking fantasy, talking all things NFL. Yes, sir. I mean, you have an idea of where he was if you know the Packers were losing in my comments on the show last week, but he can just not say it. It's fine. Um, as a reminder, Cody does have a bonus episode earlier in the week. He did just post that on Thursday. Go check it out. It's about the Couch Jams World Cup. And obviously, we have our show every Friday during the season with a group of us talking NFL football. Uh, make sure you follow us for even more content on our social medias, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at the Couch GMs. And as always, feel free to send us a DM with your fantasy questions or any other NFL questions each week. We get to them as fast as we can, and we just want to help you guys win your fantasy matchups. I think that wraps up our intro, Cody. lot to catch up on. Let's sit back, relax, and chat. Last week's by Mageddon is behind us to an extent, but we do have an update on injury from that. Anthony Richardson has elected to have shoulder surgery, which will put him out for the rest of his rookie season. Very solid when he had played, but obviously a very short intro to the league for Anthony Richardson. We hope that when he comes back next season, he can stay healthy and get it together. Um, I know I was very concerned seeing how on the edge he was playing when he was on the field, and it kind of seemed like this was something that was coming. Four injuries later, hate to see him out for the season, though. Yeah, definitely never root for injuries, but your point was uh, one thing he is going to have to work on is getting back uh, and being able to play a little smarter. You know, like you mentioned, I believe this was his fourth injury in five weeks, essentially, uh, because of the beating he took as a runner because he's a very gifted man. Uh, and he was a solid fantasy option uh, for sure. Uh, I know I'm in a super flex fantasy league, which I can't stand super flex. Uh, we should <laughs> stop that. But I, I started the season with uh, Justin Herbert doing good, Aaron Rodgers and Anthony Richardson. So now oh. all the guys I got left on a super flex because there's no quarterbacks is uh, Justin Herbert and Josh Dobbs. Which might Kyler Murray might not be getting back. So I'm not a quarterback. Yeah, this is a great, perfect transition into our next bit of news. The Cardinals opened the practice window for Kyler Murray, which I was not expecting to happen at all. Like, they, there's a chance that he comes back and is just slotted in in the backup role or in the emergency third quarterback role where he's not even going to be active officially on game days. But there's a chance that the Cardinals actually play him too. We don't really know yet. There's not really much info out there. They're being very tight-lipped about the situation, but he's not available on your waiver wire, is he, Cody? Not in. He actually might be in that league because that league also only has four bench spots, and it's super flex and two other flex spots. So it is very deep and no bench. So it is very tough. Is so the, is there injured reserve at least? Nope. So okay. So I was gonna say you can go stash him on injured reserve and uh, see what the news looks like when he gets activated. But that's even a tough call for you. Yeah, for me, but if he is available, I would definitely go out and see if I can throw Kyler Murray on the injury reserve spot. Somebody probably already did that in the draft, made it their last pick, pick up a kicker. We talked about that back during draft season. But if they didn't, go ahead and nab Kyler Murray, especially with him coming back 
And I didn't think he was going to play this year. I thought they were going to just, you know, take a high draft pick, not not worry about it. Josh Dow's playing well. Um, but maybe they're going to bring him back and see if he's the guy of the future because they have uh, potentially two high picks. I know the Texans are playing better than most people expected, so are the Cardinals, but they're still on pace to have two top 10 picks. Um, and it is a very deep quarterback class, a very deep skill position class, very deep offensive line class, at least at the top. Uh, so there's a lot of good t- pieces there. And if it's a quarterback they're looking for, they might want to see if Kyler Murray is the guy or they're going to move on from him. And at 8.40 on Thursday, October 19th, I'm telling you, they are going to move on from Kyler and he's going to be Atlanta Falcon next year. So you heard it here first. Falcons wouldn't be a bad fit considering the quarterbacks they've had in that system so far. He kind of fits into that mold a little bit. Um, that's an interesting toss up right there. We'll have to see how that goes. We'll keep that sound bite in the, in our back pocket for the off season. Um, yeah. I'm interested to see if Kyler does play. I'm I have a feeling he's going to play because they did activate him, but we obviously don't know for sure. And, um, they, if he does come out and play well and they decide that they're going to stick with him, um, there's always the chance of they still have a top 10 pick. They try to make some moves with their two first round picks and go get Marvin Harrison instead of a quarterback. So they could be. And it is worth noting they just opened his practice window. So he has 21 days uh, to be activated. So it still could be multiple weeks until we see Kyler Murray out there. So if you don't have IR spots in your fantasy league, this isn't a guy you're going to grab this week. Um, but if you do, maybe you want to get ahead of the curve. 100%. Uh, wide receiver news. First off, someone I thought was actually retired officially signed with the Philadelphia Eagles this week. That is Julio Jones. Eagles trying to find a third wide receiver option to go behind A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. I'm thinking this move is to try to bolster up their red zone offense after seeing them struggle in the red zone two or three straight weeks. How do you think the fit with Julio is in Philly? Uh, I mean, he's, I like the, it because it's a leader, a veteran leader. I think he's going to fit really nicely in there with the personalities of Jalen Hurts, Jason Kelsey, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham. Like he's going to fit really nicely as a leadership and you can't have enough leaders on your team. Um, I know that was a big talking point after the Eagles unfortunate loss to the Jets last week was how much the player led, uh, stepped up after the game. And I think it'll fit real nice there. And I think it would be nice because he's not going to be relied on. Like, this isn't a guy you're going to go pick up in fantasy football. They have uh, A.J. Brown. I know Devonta Smith is dealing a little bit with a hamstring. They already, I believe, Quez is on IR. If not, he's definitely yep. up. Uh, so th- there is some injury there. So it is a piece that they can add. Um, and I think as an Eagles fan, you're probably just excited that, you know, now you're going to Julio Jones, unlike in years past, it was Travis Fulgham and Greg Ward. You're having at least <laughs> done it for a while. Although I think he's played less than, 35 games over the last four seasons because of injury or something like that. So health is a big question mark. Uh, And we saw that year with Tom Brady in Tampa Bay, he'd have a game where he would get five, six catches, get a touchdown be a nice day. And then he'd go two games with two targets in those two games. So not expecting a lot out of Julio Jones, but he's a guy that deserves a ring. So if he can get it with Philadelphia, congrats to him. Yeah, and I mean, him being able to be used sparingly is going to probably help his health in the long run, too. Like, you got to think he is, you know, per se, their number three wide receiver, but they also still do have Alameda Zacchaeus as well, who they've thrown the ball to a couple times a game. He's had a touchdown already this season. So, like, he's going to kind of slot in as a split with that role. Uh, He's not going to be on the field every single 
you know, drive probably. Um, and it's kind of funny how the Eagles responded to a loss with key signings, just like they did last year. Their first loss of the year, they got beat up in the run game. They went out and signed two defensive tackles. This week, uh, they didn't have their best game running the ball. They kind of abandoned it and went to the pass. They saw that it couldn't carry them, so they went out and got a veteran wide receiver. Um, they so they're kind of following the exact same form. Yeah, I mean, they actually already did sign um, Bradley Roby before last week's game, so they did try to address that beforehand, but then, of course, Bradley Roby left a game with injury as well. Uh, but we'll talk more how beat up that Eagles secondary is when we get down to Sunday Night Football, I'm sure. Since I'm um, into making big proclamations, Harry yeah. Roseman's going to trade for Buda Baker at the deadline. Let's just see what it is. Jeremy Chin was the name I heard, but either way. I think he just got hurt in practice. So, Oh, good. Rolls okay. <laughs> um, speaking of trades, um, the Jets traded Mecole Hardman back to the Kansas City Chiefs. So if I'm not mistaken, did the Chiefs trade Hardman to the Jets or did you go there in free agency? He went there in free agency, signed a four million dollar contract with the New York Jets. Uh, but then the Jets also brought in Alan Lazard, brought in Randall Cobb. So he was a guy very similar to Elijah Moore in the sense that like they just didn't have a place for him, even with Corey Davis stepping away from football during training camp. Uh they're just they had some young guys. If you watched hard knocks, hard knocks really step up. And the Chiefs need somebody. They need somebody reliable. They, they, I can't believe how much that offense misses Juju Smith Schuster. The it's second, true because op- I don't think Juju even really made that much of an impact consistently last year. I know, but down the stretch, when Kelsey was covered, Juju would get open. If, yeah, and it, it was just another piece that they had to count on. They have MVS as the deep threat, but he's not a move the chains type of player, he never has been. Still a very good key piece. Uh, Racy Rice has been looking pretty good the last couple of weeks, but he's still a rookie. So getting a veteran in there uh, and then Kadarius Tony in and out of the lineup uh, with Indy. So I really like the move for the Chiefs. It's familiar and it gets them a guy that, you know, a couple years ago, they thought that was the Tyree kill replacement. Uh, didn't work out that way, but they at least get a familiar face back in the building. I'm just thinking it's still not somebody who's going to make the difference that they're hoping. I don't hate the move because it was a late round pick swap in two years, if I'm not mistaken. And it's a guy who knows the system and can kind of step right back in, like you said. But he's not one of those guys that's going to be the third down, you know, move the sticks kind of receiver. At least that's not his style. I feel like he falls into more of the same style as a Marquez Valdez-Scantling, as a Rishi Rice. And then like Kadarius Tony is your gadget player. Like they don't, they still don't have the reliable move the chains guy on third down, unless his name's Travis Kelsey. And he hopefully, like if you're a defense, your idea is you're going to cover him two, three guys on a third down and make them go beat you with somebody who's not that guy. So I don't know if this really necessarily fits the need, but I like the idea because it's somebody who can step right in and make an impact immediately because he's familiar. And it could also be a comfort thing for Patrick Mahomes. Not saying pa- Patrick Mahomes still the t- best quarterback in the league right now. Like, yep. I know some people are like, well, is Tua better now? Let's, let's not get carried away. Patrick Mahomes still the best quarterback in the league. And it's a familiar guy that he trusts. And I think we started to see after the drops against Detroit, the youngness of Rishi Rice. Sky Moore has not taken a, an, a leap like some people had hoped. Like, just getting somebody that he can count on to be in the right place at the right time. Like you argue that the best, the second best player that he was comfortable throwing to was Jarek McKinnon. Uh, so making that now a That's receiver, true. 
uh, I think could go a long way. And and the Chiefs are going to be good. I mean, it's not like a oh my gosh, you need it's the next coming of Tyreek Hill. Go get him in fantasy. But I do think it helps spread out the offense and get the other good guy in there and will help the Chiefs long term. I'm with you there. So we'll see how that works out. And maybe he is somebody we keep an eye on if he does end up getting, you know, becoming one of Patrick Mahomes' more favorite targets. Maybe he has somebody down the road we're looking at in fantasy. Wouldn't make the move now, though. I'm with Cody. Um, interesting trade deadline move potentially. A uh, reminder the trade deadline is the 31st of October. So that's what a week and a half ish away. Um, maybe close to two weeks now, something like that. Um, Devontae, thank you. Devontae Adams is does appear to be disgruntled over in Vegas. Um, so much so that there are odds out for his next team. Um, the leaders in odds right now include the Bills at four to one and the Lions and Titans at five to one, the Browns at six to one, and then the 49ers and returning to the Packers at seven to one. Um, I mean, I see the Packers being on there probably because of the familiarity, even though he wouldn't be going back to Rogers, he'd be going back to where he played the first, what, five years of his career. Seven. Um, seven. Oh, it was even more than I thought. Um, and obviously the Packers still do need a consistent wide receiver one, but they have been getting some pretty solid play out of wide receivers considering, um, the 49ers, they're the one that surprises me on here just because they already have so many weapons. It feels like getting Devonte Adams, wouldn't necessarily help anymore because you already have guys that aren't getting the ball enough because there's too many weapons. So like it wouldn't help in that sense, but like going from Jawan Jennings to Devonte Adams is definitely an upgrade. Like Devonte Adams is still one of the top three wide receivers in the league. Man, uh, I mean, but the fact that like you even have to be like, oh, we have to get an upgrade from Jawan Jennings is such a luxury compared to 31 look, other teams in the league. I might not have been here for the podcast last week. I sure listened, and I heard Tyler talk about how the Dolphins were his Madden team. Well, the 49ers, if they get Devontae Adams, would be mine, because that very first one we had where we could trade as whatever we wanted, uh, force trades weren't on, but you can manipulate the Madden system out there to make some trades. Uh, That was basically my team. I had CMC before he was traded. I had Devontae Adams. I think I even had Jamar Chase. Like My team was loaded, so... That was my team. Tyler can have the Dolphins. I played as the 49ers. You, I made, I made Trey Lance look like a star, so that's the one thing I had wrong. But <laughs> other than that, that was good. I think the Titans are the most interesting name on this list at 5-1. to one. The Bills make D-Hop. the most sense. D-Hop's sure. disgruntled, too, and they're going to go out there and get someone else, too? Like, is that the idea? But, like, Tannehill's hurt. Like, that. Yeah. the Bills, I, I don't want them to go to the Lions. Like, the Lions are, like, little brother for Packers fans. Like, we don't hate the Lions. Like, and it's kind of, it's cool. Like, they're they're playing really well. Like, the Lions are a great team right now. I still don't want to see, arguably, or a top five player, top three player from my favorite team go to a division rival. I don't want to see it. He'd be a great fit there. Buffalo, I think, would be really interesting. Pairing him with Stephon Diggs, that would be a lot of fun. Uh, and the Browns, they're they're a sneaky team if they could you know, get Deshaun Watson healthy and start playing more consistent. So moral of the story is pick none of these teams and pick the Chiefs because that would be the Chiefs' number one receiver. I know, I don't want to see it either, but you know it's a possibility. I'm surprised it's not in the top six. It's because it's divisional. That's that's true. Raiders-Chiefs, that's the only reason it's not. 
All right, fine. Cody wins. I mean, I guess I should be happy about it, though, because the Chiefs do not need Devontae Adams. We will be seeing them in the Super Bowl again. If that were the case, I would bet on that for sure. We have week seven coming up, though. So before we get ahead of ourselves and talk Super Bowl, why don't we break down this coming week? Welcome into Bye Mageddon. This is a six team bye week, and I think then week eight has none, if I remember correctly. Teams on bye this week. I know it's half of my fantasy lineups, it seems like. We got the Carolina Panthers, the Cincinnati Bengals, the Dallas Cowboys, the Houston Texans, the New York Jets, and the Tennessee Titans. A lot of people to fill. I'm sure we're going to be talking about a this guy you normally wouldn't start, but you probably should this week just because we have that many guys on by. You want to move into one o'clock right away, Cody? Yeah, and you're correct. No bye weeks next week. And then four, 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 six. So <laughs> would have been nice to have one of those sixes broken out to even two next week. But thanks, NFL schedule makers, for doing it the way you did. Uh, number one game in the one o'clock window is the Detroit lions traveling to the Baltimore Ravens Ravens favorites by three points, which I mean, I do get it, but the Ravens have been a little bit shaky. Um, but I will say the lions have not been as good away as they have been at home. I actually mentioned that in my start sit TikTok. If you didn't hear that, go check it out. Um, Jared Goff specifically averages, I think it's eight less fantasy points on the road than he does at home. Um, and that's even after a win on the road last week. Yeah, that's that's great advice there. So if you know, there let's let's look at the quarterbacks that are on by right. So you have the only one that you're two that you're starting for one you're starting for sure is Joe Burrow. Yep. At the, and that's even questionable after his slow start. Dak Prescott has been borderline start streamer. Uh, and then I've, the I know I've benched him everywhere that I've had him since like week two because I've just found better options on the wire. And then you had CJ Stroud, uh, which has been a tie. Yep. So really, you're really looking to replace two guys. And if you have to replace Dak, like we just said, it's a streamer option. Um, mm -hmm. So you might be able to find a better guy available than Jared Goff, a guy we might talk about a little bit later. Um, if you have to play him, I think you still can because the, the offense is good. Amra St. Brown is back healthy and balling out. Uh, they're slowly getting Jamison Williams more involved. He had a deep touchdown reception. So they're they're getting better now yes they're without david montgomery but they should get jameer gibbs back so there is options there but i do agree with you i don't think i would roll with jared goff uh as a must start this week for sure um and i think this is a very good matchup might be the best matchup of the one o'clock slate in all honesty i am hurting at running back so bad in some leagues that like i literally picked up craig reynolds and i'm like please have gibbs not start um, and now that I'm seeing he's a limited participant already, I'm thinking I'm going to have to go find another option. Um, what do you know? I don't know, Does though. You're right, because what? they do go to running back system. Craig Reynolds has been effective when he's played. What? So would it basically be the same thing we saw last year? Jameer Gibbs, DeAndre Swift, Craig Reynolds, Jamal Williams, like a similar split like that. Like, I think if you're if you're desperate especially with him being the first game back after missing a couple weeks limited, if you're desperate at running back or you just, I mean, if you don't, if you have Tony Pollard, Joe Mixon, Chuba Hubbard, Miles Sanders, Brees Hall, Derrick Henry, like there's a lot of good running backs on by this week and it was already a banged up position. Like I don't hate Craig Reynolds at all. Not to say that because I'm a touchdown homer, but 
I think he he might get less carries or attempts, but he might get the more valuable attempts red zone. And I'll say, like, let's just look at some of the top guys left on free agency so you can tell me if there's anybody. Justice Hill's the number one. He's been the most effective in Baltimore. I still don't love it. Yeah. Um, Zeke. Zeke's a very similar situation, but would you rather have a guy in the Lions or the Patriots? Lions at this point. Um, Latavius Murray for Buffalo. He's a backup behind James Cook. Don't love that either. Um, I mean, he he's, is... He, that one will be close for me. Um, yeah. I could get because the Patriots is a better matchup for the Buffalo Bills. Like, and mm. they really like him, and especially which I don't understand in the third down. Like, do you like in the small size? Bijan Robinson and like James Cook have been almost identical in terms of like yards per play, except the Falcons actually use Bijan, and the Buffalo Bills often forget that James Cook is part of their offense. That's they true. Need to the ball more. Um, and they like Latavius Murray. So I wouldn't like that one's very close to me. I'd probably still lean Craig just because I think there's a couple, little bit more opportunity for him. Um, but that's also the bills is a game that like could be over at halftime and they're just letting Murray run it and run it and run it. And then there's two more I have on here that I think are close may actually go over, but, uh, I think we really want to talk about them just because of how many buys there are Roshan Johnson. Um, which he's still in uh, has listed as a DNP in concussion protocol. So there's a chance he doesn't go and it doesn't matter if he goes. I think he's better. Um, and then the other one's one. Yeah, I, I don't I don't think I play either of those guys. Dylan, so, if there's no Aaron Jones, but Aaron Jones is trending towards playing. Yeah, that that one would it, you could play AJ Dylan, but I mean, he has not been that effective all season long. He's just got the the golden matchup against Denver is what True. it is. And Roshan, like, yeah, I get that he, he looked really good and he's the starter, but they're also starting an undrafted rookie at quarterback. So true like, that is a – and did not look great in his limited time last week, although he did look good in the preseason. So maybe he'll – with a full week of preparation, he'll look a little bit better. But that, that, that game, uh, which we're not there yet, could be super – low scoring yes sir so craig reynolds potential for a flex if you're somebody who's missing a lot of these guys with injury and buy uh so just someone to keep in the back of your mind if you have to we already mentioned justice hill him and gus edwards are both so wishy-washy at this point that i don't really like playing either of them i'd rather get somebody else with more opportunity or at least more explosiveness at this point i mean hill's the better bigger guy with explosiveness than gus edwards but neither of them have really been special at this point um Ravens side of the ball you're playing Lamar you're playing Andrews and I think Zay Flowers has still been pretty solid despite him like not really showing out and breaking out he's been around 10 a week I think he had 14 last week so you can keep rolling him if you're somebody that needs it yeah especially in bye weeks this week I think he's a guy out there and I think he's still seeing like uh like 28 target share or something like that so still pretty high in terms of targets uh not always finding the end zone, but I do like Zay Flowers and a flex rule this week. I'm going to have to start making a second stats TikTok and just talk about like wide receivers more in depth when it comes to target share and stuff like that. Cause that's a stat that's kind of underrated when it comes to it. And I was actually talking with Kempe. I'm just going to um, go on a tangent for a second while we, before we move to the next game, um, because he's a big baseball guy and he talks about how like advanced stats are like huge in baseball and trying to like determine ups and downs and such. And he's like, football, that's not the case. And I'm just going to kind of try to like 
you know, prove him and I guess Snyder wrong too, because Snyder is someone who doesn't really look at stats too much. Like I love looking at opportunity stats when it comes to fantasy football, seeing how many targets a guy's getting target share opportunities in the red zone when it comes to running backs, um, that kind of stuff can really kind of give you an outlook on like who you should be trading for when it's somebody who's already on a team. If there's an injury and you see like like a long-term injury and there's there, you don't really know who the primary back is or something like that. You can kind of like look at those stats to see who is the better option for you to play and, you know, looking at a split. So yeah, that's some definitely some great advice there. And I'm going to transition us into our next game, uh, which is the Buffalo Bills and the New England Patriots. And looking at some of the advanced stats, I don't have them up in front of me. I wish I did. I didn't know you were going on a tangent or I would have had them prepared. Uh, <laughs> but in this matchup, like I I don't really like playing Ramon J. Stevenson. He's an up and down. This week it's a pretty bad offense um, in general. But in terms of He's still the guy. I know Zeke has been getting a little bit more work, but he's still a guy that's uh, leading the running back carriage, running back usage. And they have the Dolphins next week, but they put up a lot of points. So after that, it's Commanders, Colts, Giants, Chargers. Four really bad defenses. Uh, So Ramondre Stevenson is a guy, especially for this week, and maybe you want to go bold and wait right before the trade deadline. It's a guy that you might be able to get really cheap that could help you win a couple games for that final playoff push. That's a smart look ahead right there. Typically you're trying to look at the teams that have good schedules in the fantasy playoffs. But if you're somebody who's a borderline team, it's not a bad idea to go out there and try to find a guy or two who have a good stretch going into the fantasy playoffs. So nice insight there, Cody. Um, Obviously the bills favored by nine points in this one uh, major injury for the Patriots. Uh, Hunter Henry is not participating in practice. He's been somebody who has been kind of in the tight end bucket. Like we introduced last week. Um, so probably avoiding him this week, even if he does go. Um, I think it's the normal suspects in this one. We had Gabe Davis cool down a little bit last week, but I think he's still good to go in this matchup. Yeah, I think, you're playing your bills and not your Patriots. Like, I think that's pretty straightforward. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I can't even think of a Patriot. I would want to start because Ramondre Stevenson and that offense in general has been so bad. It's just keep them like keep Ramondre on your bench and hold him for the later stretch, but don't play any of them. <laughs> I mean, let's the over under in this game is 40 and they're expecting the, the bills to win by nine. So like that's telling you how much they're not expecting the, Patriots to Patriots score one touchdown and a field goal or something like that then or something like that point. Yeah. yeah. So, so, something it, something close to that. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't do the math in my head, but something similar to to that one. So that's where I think we're doing in that one. And the next matchup, not much better. With that's the Washington Commanders and the New York Giants. <laughs> uh the point spread is closer. It's only two and a half points. Uh with the Giants as the underdog, but the over under is less at thirty seven point five. Uh, Saquon is limited, but he played last week, so I imagine he would go. Uh, and then he's the only giant that I'm willing to play, especially with all the running backs on by. Like, there's no – if you have two running backs better than Saquon that are on by this week, please screenshot your team and send it to us. I would love to see that. Um, um, okay, I've got a team with Ken Walker and Raheem Mostert, but it's the World Cup where I'm playing two flexes, so I'm still playing Saquon. <laughs> Okay, you, that one might do it. That one might do it. Yeah. You might I, that to. might be the only one, and it's because you like stole Raheem Mostert. 
I would say if a team had Kyron Williams, you might have a shot too, but Kyron Williams is hurt now. So yeah, he, he's going to be out for a while. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, and then on the commander side, I think you can still play. Like I think Logan Thomas is a guy that is a pretty good bucket play this week. I think Brian Robinson's in play this week, especially with all the running back issues. Uh, Terry McLaurin, he's still in your lineup. Uh, I've seen even a lot of people saying stream uh, Sam Howe. I don't know if I'd go that far, but what are your thoughts on stream Sam Howe? With the amount of people that I've seen with quarterback issues, um, but you're not really missing many quarterbacks. Um, I mean, Howell's been somebody who's been better than advertised and better than people have given credit for. Like, I feel like him and CJ Stroud have actually been fairly comparable. And everyone's been like, go play CJ Stroud. He's the future. He's killing it. And no one's really said it about Sam Howell. Um, so going against this Giants defense that I think just kind of had a fluke good game against the Bills. I don't hate it because especially this is one of the few weeks that I'm like, go out and start Terry McLaurin. And I, you, if you know me and you've listened to the show, I never say start Terry McLaurin. So that should already tell you that I think Sam Howell's a decent play too. Hey, and in terms of points, that was a great pool you had there. Uh, CJ Stroud currently QB 12, Sam Howe currently QB 13. So I think you convinced me. I like Sam Howe this week. Look at that. See, I know my stuff. At least one of us does. <laughs> All right. Uh, I think that's enough Commanders Giants talk. So let's get that icky game out of our mouths and talk about the Cleveland Browns and the Indianapolis Colts. Well, that didn't get much better, did it? <laughs> Dude, I'm looking at this this <laughs> list and I'm like, yeah, like I'm going to have red zone on, but I might like go to Ravens Lions and just call it a day. I uh, The one o'clock window is not too good. I mean, you could probably go to Ravens Lions and just check it out until you get to the witching hour. And then you go back to red zone and be like, okay, let's see what game's close and give me a little bit of drama at the end. But again, that might just be Ravens Lions. So, <laughs> so what you're saying is in all reality, this is going to be the highest scoring week of the last three years in the NFL. A hundred percent, because that's exactly what happens every time you see one, two, three games in the one o'clock window under 40 points, another one at 40 points, another, another one at 40 and a half. Like, <laughs> the over-unders are so low, which is why, spoiler alert, we're spending Tyler's money on over-unders this week, because why not throw something weird out there when all the over-unders are super low? Um <laughs> Back to so Browns-Colts. Back to Browns-Colts. You're right. Uh, so Cleveland Browns got good news, and finally Deshaun Watson was listed as a limited participant in practice on Thursday. Obviously, they said the doctors cleared him, and he still didn't practice or play for two weeks after that. But here we are. He may go this week. They also may still hold him out as a precaution. We have to wait and see on that one. Um, they also have Amari Cooper and Kareem Hunt both listed as limited participants. Colt side, they're pretty healthy. They just have Alec Pierce as a limited participant. I want to talk about backfield for the Browns because this is the first week out of their buy cream hunt in the building for a month now. And he really ate into Jerome Ford's touches last week. It was actually all the way down to 60 40. Um, and if this becomes a 50 50 split, do you like Ford hunt or both or neither for rest of season? I think we're getting to the point where like you just need bodies that are running back. So I think like they both should be owned. Like, I think Kareem Hunt was a, lot, a guy that was picked up a lot in waivers this week. I still mm -hmm. like Jerome Ford a little bit better. Um, I think 
he's the guy that if it's they're up if you need one of those you know and this is we're pulling straws or teeth whatever you want to or saying you want to use but like if they need a four minute drive or a seven minute drive to really ice a game they're going to turn around and hand it to Jerome Ford where you might have to play matchups a little bit here if it's you know if they are playing the Buffalo Bills or the Kansas City Chiefs you might want to lean Kareem Hunt but their defense is so good to keep them in pretty much every game this season as long as they stay healthy I, I like Jerome Ford a little bit better rest of season although it may not be the big waiver wire addition that we thought it was back in week two. All right. So you're me in our league of record who has the option of playing Gus Edwards um, has to save Elijah Mitchell to potentially play a flex because Debo is listed as questionable is missing Joe Mixon via the, via the buy and James Connor via IR. I'm kind of forced to play Kareem Hunt. Do you think that that is a complete shot in the dark and is not going to work out for me, or do you think it's going to be okay? Over? Are you asking me to? I think it'll be okay if you're telling me you're going to play him over Gus Edwards. I'm going to play him over Gus Edwards. Yes, and then my other running back is Isaiah Pacheco. So, yeah, it's it. You're <laughs> right on the brink of the playoffs. I think in league record, I think you're seventh overall. So, you might need a, a some help. I just got the injuries are going to have to come back for me because currently my wide receiver two is Michael Wilson at the moment, but I'm hoping that we get Deontay Johnson back this week. That's another game we're going to have to talk about in a bit, but um, it's, it's a rough go this week when it comes to injuries and buys. And that's one of the teams that like I've been competitive all year and I'm feeling it. So I know what some of you out there are coming to us looking for. So we got to talk about some of these deep dive guys like cream hunt. And it's possible you could get a decent game out of him again this week, like you did last week when he put up about 14. Um, Colt side of the ball, speaking of running backs, I think we're still in the window that you can play both Taylor and Moss if you're a running back needy team. Yeah, and you're probably trying to move Moss this week as well. Yes. Take advantage of that six or seven, depending on your league score format, next to his name and try to find someone to, to trade him. Even if it's for like a guy you know, a flex guy, because in a couple of weeks, it's not going to be. And honestly, I know he had his best game of the season against the Tennessee Titans, who are one of the top run defenses. This Cleveland Brown defense is really good too. There's no Anthony Richardson. We talked about that at the top of the show. Uh, so if you can move back Moss before Sunday, I would recommend it. 100%. And I mean, I think you got to limit your Colts outside of that. So like, I'm not playing Josh Downs this week, even though he's kind of been the solid number two there. Play Michael Pittman if you need to with all the receivers on by, but again, not confident. And he hasn't been I'd as good Pittman. as we'd hoped. You'd he, still play he, Pittman? He's coming in strong as of late, and he seems to definitely be doing better with um, with Minshew instead of Richardson. Yeah, with Minshew. I mean, he's up to wide receiver 26 uh, on the season had 10 points last week. Uh, second highest output put with Minshew as the quarterback all game long. So I think there is some potential for Pittman to go on the rise. He's a guy, like I talked about a little bit underwhelming. If you could get Zach from Michael Pittman straight up this week, I would do it. I like it. That's a good move right there. Moving on to second to last game in this kind of icky one o'clock window, the Atlanta Falcons and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. At least this one is actually a uh, divisional matchup that could be for first place. Uh, I'll let Cody check the standings if he'd like to. Um, 
literally both teams are very healthy also the only person listed that's not a full participant on either team is Vita Vea. He was a DNP on Wednesday and Thursday. So we're just looking straight up game here. Buccaneers still have a fairly solid defense. We don't really trust a lot of the Falcons options. But looking at stats too, it's very interesting that even though Drake London's been very up and down and you know not somebody who's blowing us away, he's consistently been near the top of the league in targets every week. So it's kind of somebody we hope breaks out, but he isn't a bad play any week just because of opportunity. No, he, he definitely gets the opportunity as well, but it's, he, he's the guy that can go six catches on nine targets or two catches on nine. That's just the way Desmond Ritter has been throwing the ball. You are right though. This is for what it's worth. The top of the NFC North uh, or NFC South. I'm sorry. NFC North is the wrong division. NFC South is the correct one. So used to saying the other one. Um, so that could definitely play out this week. The guy I want to talk about though is not is a tight end for the Atlanta Falcons, not named Kyle Pitts. <laughs> and that is oh, let me just double check. I want to make sure I have the right number. John I'm refusing Smith. I'm refusing to talk about Kyle Pitts for the rest of the year. So I'm glad you're saying Johnny Smith instead. So Johnny Smith, half point PPR scoring current tight end number nine. Nine points last week for the week before, nine the week other. He has seen at least five targets in every matchup since week two, peaking out at eight in week three. Like, he seems to be the guy in Arthur Smith's system. Like, and if you need a guy out of the tight end bucket, I feel like Jonu Smith might be a guy this week. Jonu Smith is a guy indeed. Um, no, uh, when you're talking about tight ends in this tight end forecast, it's all about floor because there's no ceilings anywhere. The only ceilings you have are Travis Kelsey. And then you have the occasional pops from the big guys like Mark Andrews. Um, I don't even want to really say George Kittle right now because he's got one. Dallas Goddard's got one. TJ Hawkinson is probably the number two tight end. Um, and so, like, top- so it's all about floors. Go ahead. No, I was going to say the top four tight ends uh, in fantasy football right now is Travis Kelsey, number one. Surprise, surprise. Uh, Sam Laporta is number Sam two. Sam Laporta, I missed him. Yep. Uh, the rookie had really good. He is questionable. At, well, it's not official, but it's leaning that way. And uh, had a rough week last week. Mark Andrews and TJ Hawkinson, those are the other two reliable guys. They're at three and four. After that, like, I think you're right. I think George Kittle might not be in that, that tier anymore. Um, I would put, probably put him closer to Sam Laporta, even though he's the number two. I'd probably drop him down to the second tier just because he is a rookie and we've seen some inconsistencies. Some weeks are really good. Some weeks it's a little rough. Uh, but then you got Cole Komet, Dalton Schultz, Evan Ingram, Johnny Smith. Like, not great. No, but like you're, you should be hunting. Like we always are trying. I feel like in my mind, you want to see double digits from a player every week. Like if you have a guy that's going to score you 10 every week, yeah, that's a solid floor play. Dial it down for the tight ends. Look for seven, um, which is why like Jonu Smith hasn't been a bad play. Because if I pull it up right here, Jonu Smith has scored 6.7 and 6.2. I'll count that as basically a solid floor. He scored seven points pretty much every single week. Um, Evan Ingram, still somebody who's one of my favorite tight ends because he has scored seven every week, but two. Like... 
those are the guys you have to look for just because it's got to be like you got to be in the mindset of if I get beat by a tight end, it's probably one of those top four. And that sucks. But you're playing or the random Cole commit. You're right. But in most cases, you're playing the tight end position to survive. Um, So you're going to go out there and try to find the guy who's going to score you seven points every week. He's just going to be the guy who cancels out the other position and then you beat him somewhere else. That's how you have to play it. And just for in half point PPR scoring to talk about how to hit home his George's point between tight end number six and tight end 15 is 14 and a half points. Like that is the difference. Like that is how over, close that... over a six week stretch, less than a point a week. So that's how close six through. And I'm, it's only a couple more points for Cole Komet. He's sitting at five and he had one really good week. Like that's what <laughs> he's not even I... the person I want to play when I'm talking about this because he had one outburst and then nothing. I'd rather play Evan Ingram over Cole Komet, hoping you get, seven as opposed to Cole Komet getting you zero or 25. Yeah. And for what it's worth though, Kyle Pitts does see more targets. I don't understand why he can't catch them, but that's, that's where we're at with that game. But that's enough Falcons. <laughs> Any other guy, I mean, you're playing Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, uh, you're saying set the running back uh, for the Rashad white. I believe I saw that. Was that correct? I did. Yeah. I mean, you might have to play him because of bye weeks and everything, but I'm trying to say sit Rashad white because he's not an effective guy when it comes to yards per carry and the Falcons haven't given up a rushing touchdown yet this year. And then Bijan Robinson must start You're playing Bijan. Exactly. All right. One more I, one o'clock Raiders and bears. See, this really does not get any better. Um, this game is the game that's going to be an absolute mess as we got no Jimmy Garoppolo and no Justin Fields. So 37 and a half is the over under. I feel like you could probably bet under 25, but that's, that's a little rude. Um, we have to figure out how bad this quarterback position digs into other players at other positions. Like Josh Jacobs is still going to be a go. How much does it hurt Devontae Adams? Um, we don't know the running back situation for the Bears, but then you also have DJ Moore. How much does her DJ Moore like that kind of thing here? Um, the guys you're probably going to have to play, but you're going to have to really temper expectations. Yeah, like you're still playing Josh Jacobs, especially with all the buys. You're still going to put him out there. Uh, he hasn't been the guy we were hoping for last week. Um, I think so. I was just looking. I'm assuming that it's going to be Aiden O'Connell and they're not going to switch to Brian Hoyer, but I wouldn't put it past me if they did. Uh, Devontae Adams had seven and a half points the last time. Uh, Aiden O'Connell was out there, but he did see 13 targets, where he's only seen nine total targets those two weeks when Jimmy G back. Um, and he's talked about it in the media now, about his disappointment about the offense and him not getting enough targets, and he thinks he can make the offense a little bit better. Uh, so would not be surprised if there's a focus on getting Devonta Adams this week. So I'm not really worried about him. Um, Jacob Myers is like still flexible for me because he seems to be the guy that at least gets it. Um, but be prepared if he's not the guy since Jimmy G is out. The Bears mm -hmm. side, like I don't know how you sit DJ Moore because he he can take a screen to the house, very similar to like. So I think you're playing him because we were saying you can still play Garrett Wilson with. Zach Wilson before Zach Wilson got a little bit better the last couple of weeks. Like he's still the guy outside of that. I don't want Cole Komet. Uh, I don't love the running backs this week, especially if Roshan doesn't go. Um, 
I do want to give a shout out to the, the Fantasy Footballers podcast, which I'm sure they don't need a shout out from our tiny little podcast, but I'm going to give it to them anyways for crafting the uh, Tyler Badgett is the name of the guy that is starting for the uh, Bears. And they were calling him Bilbo Badgett for instead of Bilbo Baggett from Lord of the Rings, since George has never <laughs> seen that. You can roast him that. Uh, so that's what I'm going to refer to him now as. Uh, so shout out to them for coming up with that one. And uh, you don't play Bilbo. <laughs> okay. That's good. George um, is like, yeah, I've never seen Lord of the Rings. I'll pretend that's a funny joke. Man, was that, that laugh that fake? Damn. <laughs> 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 Can we move to the four o'clock window now? It doesn't get much better, but let's do it. I mean, it's divisional, but it is Cardinals versus Seahawks is the first game in this window. Um, Seahawks dealing with some injuries. We got Zach Charbonnet and DK Metcalf not practicing on Thursday. Tyler Lockett listed as a limited participant. I'm not sure exactly where it's going to go with DK. I'm assuming Lockett's going to play, seeing how it's trending, but uh. If DK doesn't go, is Jackson Smith and Jigba somebody you can add and start as a potential savior for your bye weeks? Uh, I feel like there might be a slightly better option. I, I would play Jackson Smith and Jigba as like a cheap option in DFS. That's a good uh, one. Week. Okay. I don't know if I'd rush him into like my redraft. If you're in a dynasty league and you're dealing injuries and the waivers aren't that deep, but you were able to get JSN, yeah, sure, throw him in there. But in redrafts, there's probably a guy on the waiver wire uh, we talk about in the next two games that you can pick up. Awesome. Okay. Um, and I mean, I'll save a little bit of this for later on, but uh, Ken Walker is probably one of the most solid top three running backs the rest of the season just by seeing how his opportunity has been going. And against the Cardinals, I mean, obviously you're playing him, but Ken Walker has been smooth and steady the entire season so far Cardinals side of the ball um Marquise Brown so actually it's interesting to say I didn't know this was the case until I did some research Seahawks worst team against the wide receiver in the league um Cardinals probably going to be playing from behind if we had to guess um so you're playing Marquise Brown no problem Michael Wilson, potential guy for a flex if you're desperate, maybe. Uh, Cody can disagree if he would like to, um, just because the matchup is so prime. And I'm not playing anybody else on the Cardinals. I mean, I guess you could probably throw a Zach Ertz in the bucket, but that's about it. Yeah, I'm with you. I like Wilson over this and slightly. So there we go. We already have Michael Wilson, who might have been added and then dropped in your league. So if you can go add him again and you need a wide receiver, that's somebody. Just in fantasy. I like JSN better as a player. I I don't want that soundbite to get disconcerted. Oh, no, no. A hundred percent. But I mean, in the current state of things, I mean, I think Jackson Smith and Jigwood is going to be a better player in the long term, too. So don't go like overreacting in a dynasty league and being like, hey, I'll trade you Jackson Smith and Jigba for Michael Wilson. But in a short-term DFS or play-this-week mode. Yeah. All right. Next matchup. The Los it Angeles. Better. It actually the gets La- better. The Los Angeles Chargers and her su- their super fan versus the Swifties. <laughs> so we're going to have a super fan off in this game. Yeah. Sup- I'm not going to say that again. But uh, Chiefs um, favored by five and a half points over under 48 points. Uh, Eckler was back. He was a little bit disappointing in his first game back. 
not that surprising though. You can play him as always, Herbert, Mahomes, Kelsey. Like you know the guys you can play. Yeah, this game's pretty straightforward, I think. The the flex guy I like this week from the Chargers side would be Josh Palmer. If he's available, you could pick him up and play him in a flex spot because they're gonna need points. Um on the Chiefs side, is there any uh, I know we talked about it. Like you're playing Pacheco in a league, but is there yep. any of the wide receivers that you're willing to start? I mean, 48 is the second highest over under on the week. So the problem with their wide receivers, like we've been saying, like last year it was you play Juju. He's the most likely to hit. Um, But like there's there's so much spreading of the ball. You never know if it's going to be Kadarius Tony. You never know if it's going to be Jarek McKinnon. You never know if it's going to be Rishi Rice. But my favorite of the group is Rishi Rice. I'm I'm with you on that, and I think it's okay to admit that the Chiefs offense just isn't as good this year as it was the last couple of years. Like they've taken a no, step back. We're, we're shaving like a touchdown off of their scores before, so that still makes them a top tier offense. But it's not the automatic play somebody on the top offense in the league kind of offense for fantasy. For sure, for sure. So the best matchup. I feel like we didn't talk much about it. Anything else you want to say? <laughs> um. Uh, this is going to be the four o'clock game. I'm going to lock into. I know it's not going to be the one for you because your Green Bay Packers play in the next matchup. But you want um, when it comes to game of the week, this is probably like, that's not a night game. This is probably your candidate. Oh, you're you're right uh, for this matchup. And you mentioned the other game that that is on. Why don't you go ahead and talk about it? Because I'm going to pull something up for you since you talked about locking into this game. While you talk about the next matchup. All right. So Cody has me leading off the Green Bay Packers and the Denver Broncos. Um, Interesting, even with how bad the Broncos have been playing, they are only one point underdogs, I guess, partly because they're at home. And the over under on this game is set all the way up at a steep 45 points. Um, Don't really understand where that's been coming from as the Broncos offense is still struggling. Packers offense has been kind of up and down so far. Um, Aaron Jones limited participant in practice on Thursday. We are unsure of his status. If he does go, he's in your lineups um, just because the matchup is prime. If he doesn't go, AJ Dillon jumps right into consideration. Somebody you could play. Um, Oh, okay. We got a coverage map here. What are you going to say, Cody? So you said you were going to look into the Chiefs-Chargers game. So is everybody else. Like, if you're not near Denver or Green Bay, you better have Sunday ticket if you want to watch one of these other games on CBS. So just want to... And I'm assuming, does CBS have the doubleheader then? Um, Because that's also good to know. So you won't even get the Seahawks-Cardinals game on Fox unless you're in those local markets either. Yeah, so that's (laughs) that game. Uh, I had to throw that out there. And talk about that. If you want to see the full coverage map, head over to YouTube. But I'll tell you it away because uh, you're waiting for me to talk about the Green Bay Packers. You mentioned Aaron Jones uh, being limited. Uh, they're expecting him back. They were expecting him back for Las Vegas, but he got a little tight on Saturday and they held him out through that game and the bye. So hopefully the two weeks paid off. If he's out there, you can play him. You, George has mentioned whether it was here or on TikTok how bad this defense has been. And so you can play him. Uh, if Jones goes. I don't love AJ Dillon as much. If Jones doesn't go, AJ Dillon can be a possible starter option. They really tried to get him involved against Las Vegas. Unfortunately, that didn't work out. Christian Watson, I think you can play this week as you know a big play that 
big play threat. Uh, they, they're trying to hit him deep. He had the one play he should have scored, but Marcus Peters had the horse collar tackle right in front of me. I'd appreciate that one. Uh, there you go. That was the game I was at. If you haven't caught on why I missed last week's show. And then uh, Romeo Dobbs seems to be the guy that Jordan Love trusts. Jordan Love might be a streamer option this week. And then Luke Musgrave is in the tight end bucket. So that's the Green Bay Packers. Uh, but the Denver Broncos, yeah. Like, Russ ain't it. Mm. Nope, Russ ain't it. Uh, the running backs, for sure. If Javante plays, he can go. Uh, McLaughlin, right? Is that the how you say that? Yep. I you're, say, you're figuring it out now. I want to say Sarah every time, though. And, but then I just see, like, a a really sad commercial. So I don't want to say <laughs> Uh, I think if he, he can play him, the Packers are terrible against the run. So, like, that's how they lose this game is if the Broncos just turn around and run the ball. Can Sean Payton and Russell Wilson do that? That's the big question mark. Uh, but the wide receiver-wise, yeah, he probably still played Jerry Judy, but they have been very disappointing. So, they're not must-starts for me. I didn't get a chance to look up. I was just going to make sure that Sarah and Jaleel McLaughlin were not related. I don't think they are for sure. <laughs> Uh, no, that wasn't the joke I was going to make going into this uh, end of this game. I was going to say over under 7 a.m. When are we going to see A.J. Dillon on his stream farming his fields this week on game day? <laughs> Dude, that was funny. I love I love that guy. And it's this will probably be his last year in Green Bay. Uh, he's, a, he's a great representative of the team and just a fun guy. I found out on TikTok today as well. There is a farming farming simulator world championship that was going on so maybe he's just getting ready for his post career so don't roast it until you try it that's all you gotta say farming simulator world championships that sounds like something that i might be able to actually compete in over here because you know i'm not good enough at call of duty or football or we didn't even mention the fact that flag football is coming to the 2028 olympics and Cody's got his hopes and dreams, and I'm thinking how bad I would lose in a race to Tyreek Hill. But that's not the point. <laughs> Don't underestimate my 34-year-old buddy. That's all I got to say. <laughs> Tyreek Hill's going to be retired by that point, but he is not retired yet, and he is facing the Philadelphia Eagles. Dolphins traveling up there for Sunday night football. Eagles have a lot of injuries to talk about. Dallas Goddard, Devontae Smith, both limited participants in practice. They also have a lot of injuries in their secondary. Lucky for them, it looks like they're going to get Darius Slay back. So you do have Slay Bradbury on the outside still locked up. But they are kind of not speed corners at this point in their careers. And we got the Waddle Hill combo on the outside for Miami. Which is why that over under 52 feels like it could be even bigger than 52. Hey, you like it. It could be. This is a game, though, I really do think the Eagles lay into their offensive line and the running game. Like, I, I like DeAndre Swift a lot this week. Uh, I think that's where you can take advantage of this Patriots. Like, get or not the Patriots. I'm so sorry. The Dolphins offense. Get physical with them. You know, keep the ball away from them. You get, a, you know, go, go for those 10, 12 play set six seven eight minute drives the less opportunities the dolphins have the better if you can you know if you can get a long drive quick three and out long drive you're up by two scores even if they don't both result in touchdowns field goal touchdown like i think that's the way for the eagles to get a victory uh on sunday night football 
And if you're talking about two long drives, the Eagles, if they go back to their patented ground and pound, that could be a whole quarter between drive, punt, drive. So you're you're not wrong there. Yeah, and have the um, tush push. <laughs> which they did not actually pull out a single time against the Jets, if I'm not mistaken. Um, never really had any opportunity to. But anyway, Eagles, you're still playing your usual suspects. You're playing DeAndre Swift, Jalen Hurts, Devontae Smith, as long as he clears, but he did go from DNP to limited, so he should be fine. Um, A.J. Brown, obviously, and Goddard can go in the bucket. Dolphin side of the ball, I think you're also on the same thing. You do have to mention Jeff Wilson, full participant in practice. I do not believe he's been activated off injured reserve yet, but he will be most likely before this game. Um, but I still think it's Raheem Mostert's backfield until we see a Chan come back. Um, Hill Waddle, Mostert, Tua. Yeah, I'm with you. There's no one I'm not playing in this matchup. Yeah, no, we're playing them all. Even if Cody's going to try to talk about how the Eagles are going to try to shorten the game by ground and pound and having seven minute drive, we're still playing everybody. Yeah, except whoever the tight end is for the Dolphins, because I don't know the guy, and he's the only one that's not putting up points in fantasy. Yeah, I don't. I, I tried to think about who it was too, but it's. I think it's, it's not Smythe, even worth looking. But oh, Durham Smythe. Yes, that would make sense. But no, yeah, not not playing him for sure. <laughs> Monday Night Football then is the also beat up San Francisco 49ers traveling to the Minnesota Vikings. Despite the injuries, Minnesota still favored by seven over under at forty four. CMC and Debo both did not participate in practice on Thursday. That's obviously the first injury report of the week with the Monday night game. I actually want to double check on um, Trent Williams injury here as well. He did not practice as well. So that's a big three guys on their offense that are not trending well towards playing. Um, and I'm actually in a predicament in our league of record. Like I mentioned, I kind of, with all the injuries and buys, have to f- have to flex a 49er. My guy is typically Debo, and I do have Elijah Mitchell on the bench. So I'm running the risk of if Debo doesn't go but CMC does, I'm playing a backup running back with Elijah Mitchell. But I feel like you, I, I'm probably better off rolling the dice if I have a backup plan as opposed to going out there and benching them both. Would you agree with that? No, I, I think you're doing the right thing uh, by saving it for the game. Um, I don't think CMC is going to play. That's just my personal opinion here. Uh, so, and I think the bye week for the 49ers is in two weeks. They uh, they did just come off their first loss. Uh, I don't think any of these guys are going to go on IR, but I wouldn't be surprised if they give them this week, the following week, although it is against the Bengals, uh, but then they go into the bye week, so they get some weeks to rest and then go into the season-long push. I don't think they're going to rush Christian McCaffrey back. They really like Elijah Mitchell, and I think Jordan Mason is a solid option as well. If I would, I think you can play both Mitchell and Mason if CMC doesn't go, which I don't believe he does. That was going to be another question of, is there one that's better? It's probably... I still want to believe it's Elijah Mitchell's backfield as the backup, but they were easing him back in last week because he was just coming off of a multi-week injury. Um, But it could be a 50-50 split, in which case I think both are still going to be effective enough. Um, I guess other options you can look at if you do have to replace somebody in this game and don't have the option of one of those two 49ers running backs is you could look at KJ Osborne as well. 
Um, I know it's not a great matchup going against San Francisco, but a potential wide receiver won there. Yeah. Or if somehow Jordan Addison's available. I know he's a rookie that was drafted, but <laughs> if he was available and uh, Cam Akers doesn't seem like he's going to be the guy. Uh, I think he had like 10 snaps last week or something low like that. And they act, they signed the dude with the really long last name that I still don't know how to pronounce the return specialist, but also running back to the active roster this week. So uh, I don't think Cam Akers can save you in a pinch if you need it. So make sure you have those ready. Make sure they're in your flex spot too, if you can help it. That way, if you have to pivot to someone like a KJ Osborne on Monday night, or heck, even switch to a tight end just to get some points, you know, make sure they're in that spot. Talking about Winogwu? Uh, sure. Sounds right. I, I think that's how you say his name. We had this Number discussion 25. last year. Yeah, we had this discussion last year when uh, we... 26 maybe i don't know if you're it might it might have changed his number two i don't know anymore um, 26 maybe right. one of those two. it might i don't know <laughs> we had this discussion last year too and cody just avoids it and i try to jump right in and say the name but i just wanted to make sure i knew who you were talking about um yes he's on what the active roster now he is on the active roster now i think we need some survivor picks in here what do you think survivor even cut himself off the intro as he said survivor and then just <laughs> anyway. i corrected you you it did still says picks so i was yeah. just correcting you well i did say picks but that's not the point um so we have three picks here we have tyler's pick that's not actually tyler's pick but it's tyler's pick cody you want to announce it oh uh, yeah we're saying he's going to pick the bills because he's our safe option and we talked about a lot of these matches being bad and they're bad because we don't think some of the teams are very good, but we also don't know who's going to win or what the game yes. flow is going to be. And that's how you project fantasy. And, uh, but the bills playing the new England Patriots seems like a home run of uh, a pick. If you are, if you used the bills last week against the giants, I know you were sweating, uh, but the, might not might use them. this week you can throw the 49ers in there as another safe pick against the Minnesota Vikings on Monday night football, not as safe because of all the injuries coming off of a loss, but have a hard time seeing them lose two in a row. George, you got a spicy pick though. And so do I, but I'll let you go first. We got a spicy pick here, and I'm picking Cody's Green Bay Packers to beat the Denver Broncos. Um, I know the Packers have been up and down, like I've said a few times, but the Broncos are one of those teams that I like to bet against this season. Uh, Packers also coming off a loss. I don't think that they're going to go two in a row after go, you know facing someone like Denver, um, and especially if Aaron Jones is back. I'm oh, sorry, three in a row. We oh, lost man. the Lions. Then we lost yeah, the Raiders. you're right. And then we had a bye week. We haven't run won since September 24th. Well, they're due. We're due. Also, I think if Aaron Jones comes back, especially in this matchup, that is a huge boost for the Packers offense. So spicy pick. I'm saying the Packers. I like it. And uh, I do think Aaron Jones plays a big factor. If he doesn't go, like you might want to pivot your pick. Uh, if he does go, I like it a lot better. Uh, I'll go spicy. It was a team I almost picked last week. Uh, I wish I would have because it would have been a good week to use them if you only can use the team once and you only have one life. But I'm going to pick them this week. Uh, and that is, as I smack my microphone, uh, the <laughs> Las Vegas Raiders. Yes, you heard that right. I am rolling with the Aiden O'Connell or Brian Hoyer Las Vegas Raiders over the Bilbo Pageant Chicago Bears. So, yeah, th the problem with this game is it could easily be 
three six and whoever just happens to get the two turnovers in the plus territory gets the victory that could happen uh but it's risky but it saves me the bill saves me the 49ers for later in the season in my personal survivor league so i think i'm gonna roll with the raiders i might steal george's pick if aaron jones is active for my official pick in our actual league but that the raiders if aaron jones is inactive is my pick it's also in Chicago. I'm kind of hoping that on top of this all, they get a big major like wind and rainstorm and just be like, well, now we don't have any quarterbacks and it's not ideal conditions. Just make the game even worse. Like this would be the ideal December snow game, in my opinion. It's like, or oh, like now it's really going to be three nothing. When the Bears. Yeah, the, the monsoon game. Yeah. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. Yeah, that's, that's what a, I, that's what I'm hoping for. Let's just make it super interesting and make it a complete mud pit. Cool, I'm down for it. Football <laughs> deserves to be played outdoors. Yeah, and on grass, but uh, mostly on grass. More, we we have one more segment, uh, which I don't have a bumper for because I found out about it late. Uh, but that is spend Tyler's money, George. Burner. Sorry, Tyler did the actual song like I heard, that I way did. last week, so I had I to do it for him. <laughs> but uh, take it away and tell us what spend Tyler's money actually means. So I kind of did hint at it earlier, and with all these games that we don't know what's going to happen and you know, offenses not having any quarterbacks and all these bye weeks, the over-unders are very interesting this week. A lot of them are super low. And already talking about super low, Cody might be going even bolder on his first pick. So we're going to do what we did with Tyler last week. What I did with Tyler last week, we're each going to pick one bet, one line to go into our parlay. And then we're going to each pick a backup. And we're going to do the wheel of names to figure out whose backup pick is going to be the third. Yep. And I just threw the wheel of names up there. So I'm going to take my, I'm going to make you wait for my, my bold pick. So I'm going to throw my pick in there. On the wheel of names, you get it a little bit early. If you want to see George, just head over to the Couch GM's YouTube page. Uh, but I'm going to say Chiefs Chargers under 48. Second highest over under on the week. Uh, we talked about the Chiefs has not been that high scoring offense. I know it was just the the Chargers have not been an elite offense either. Yes, they're hoping with a better week with Austin Eckler divisional. Give me under 48 for Chiefs Chargers. All right, well, we'll just go with the backup plans here first, So, or the secondary picks. So even though Cody has the idea that the Eagles are going to ground and pound and shorten the game, I'm going to still go Eagles-Dolphins over 52. All right, so you know what? I'll just get in the wheel right here now, and we can see... Oh, wait, I got to click on the right one, not the screen. There we go. Clicking to spin, little sound effect action if that's coming through the podcast. If not, it's just in our ears. And it looks like we're taking the over Eagles Dolphins will be on the ticket. I'll start building a ticket. I'm not going to place it, but I'm going to send a screenshot to Snyder telling him to, to pick it. But George, why don't you tell us our second pick? All right. So I think I went a little bit safer on the other one. My other pick is also an over because apparently I'm the overs guy, but I'm going to go over 43 for Ravens and Lions. Um, obviously Lions pretty high, pretty explosive offense. Even though I talked about golf, not being quite as good on the road. Ravens can explode for, you know, a touchdown at any point. It seems like Lamar wants to run one up the middle or they are still 
putting up points, even though they don't seem like a super effective offense. So I think over 43 is very attainable for this one. Alrighty. And just so everyone's keeping track at home, the current odds on this parlay, because it's a three pick parlay, uh, is plus two sixty-four. Uh so five dollars would win you eighteen. That would be a good week uh for us low betters over here. But I gotta get bold and I want to get these wages up. That's my problem with sports betting. That's why I don't do it very often. And the nice thing is about on DraftKings or FanDuel, since we don't have a sponsor, you can set alternative lines and I'm going back to that Packers Broncos game. And some people are going to be like, Oh, you're just being a Packers hater. That offense is struggling. The Broncos offense is struggling. I get that they're a historical defense. So what's their over under 45. I'm saying under, but you know what else I'm saying? I'm making it an alternative under, and I'm going to drop this down because I would have really want to boost the odds to, you know what? I'm going to change it just a little bit. It's going to go 35 and a half. I'm going to give us more point because I feel like 35 and a half. I'm going to drop to 36 and a half and I'm going to hit the under on 36 and a half, giving us a plus 1161, $5 to win 63. That is how we're going to spend Tyler's money. Tyler, you are welcome. As you're listening to this, he's probably like, oh, he probably already knows because Cody's going to be like, hey, spend your money. Here you go. Um, I was we we were both guessing what over unders would have been for some of these games as Cody was filling in. And he was like, Packers Broncos is got to be at 35 and 45 seemed absolutely ridiculous. But he just fed into it and went to, oh, yeah, no, I'm just going to you know, alternate line and go for it. I like the boldness and we're going to see how it pays off. I literally did actually also guess the Eagles Dolphins exactly at 52. So, yeah. And so let's see 52. Let's real quick do the math before we hop out of here. Uh, not, I'm not doing the whole spreading, but they need to what each score at least 26, 26. points. Yep. Alrighty. So that is what the Eagles have to do. That has been another episode of podcast. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Hopefully you survived by Mageddon. I'm Cody Lordcap, that's George Kurt, and we will talk to you all next week. Boom.